Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me and tuning into this podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast is here to open your awareness. I want to provide you with tactical teachings on how to master your mindset, create your ideal reality, overcome obstacles, and leverage adversity. And most importantly, it's to help you realize that you are in total control of your reality. My hope? To inspire and motivate you to keep going. And no matter what, it's all about mind over matter. Be sure to check out my website, heatherhakes.com, where I offer you a free video training on how to get unstuck and create lasting change. Again, that's heatherhakes.com and opt into my free video training. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 263. This week, we're talking all about how to find your passion and live a fulfilling life. This week's guest has so much high energy and golden nuggets, so make sure you listen all the way to the end. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Mark Siegel. Mark, welcome. Thank you for having me, Heather. Great to be here. Give the listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? Absolutely. So um, I'm going to save everyone's time that I can sum up 20 years here real quick in a few minutes. I used to be in finance for a decade from New York. You can tell by the Staten Island accent. Uh, Found that it wasn't fulfilling or rewarding and moved to Florida, became a personal trainer. After 11 years of that and taking 10,000 pounds off of people cumulatively, starting with myself, uh, 65 pounds and four clothing sizes, uh, entered into the world of Tony Robbins, which I know you're familiar with and we're all familiar with. And, uh, and I quote, that's great, Mark, but how are you going to save millions of people? And uh, I was inspired to start a CBD company. And about a year later, it was launched, active in 10 states. And now I serve more people and help them in the past year or so than I have in 10 years of personal training. And I'm here out of Jupiter, Florida. Well, and what I love about anybody who is new to Tony Robbins community, because when I meet somebody and they're like, Tony, what? And I'm like, where do you live? But what I love most about the Tony Robbins community, and I've had many people on my podcast from there is it is, we, it's like a family and you build the community and the growth mindset and you want, you know, everybody raising together and, and doing things with life. So what do you, cause you've been to many events. Why do you keep going back? So it's funny. Someone asked me that this morning and there was some chatter going on on the comeback challenge page about how many events have you gone to and why do people keep going? My answer is very simple. Every single event I go to, I pick up something new, whether it's just a belief, a philosophy, quotes, an initiative, Forget about the relationships. I mean, I don't think I've left a live event without making dozens of new friends that we talk to almost daily. And as I was telling you earlier, we have a little chat group of about a dozen of us. We call each other in the morning after we prime. We pump each other up. We're there when they're sad. We're there to help with business. We're there to help personally. So, yeah, it's a community like no other and uh, grateful and blessed to be a part of it. So, yeah, everyone do it. What I want to touch on there is accountability and community, because a lot of people think I can do this on my own. So what would you say to that? 
as far as uh, accountability and community. So as far as community, I'll work backwards, jump in the pool. As I said, don't stick your toe in, go in the deep end. You will be surrounded and wrapped by love and inspiration and motivation and everyone's here for you. Now, with that said, moving into accountability, uh, you know, it could all be love and hunky-dory and happy family. But at the end of the day, you have to be held accountable to do things. What I have found been super effective is we have within our little community, we have groups that we have accountability partners. So we would go on a call and say, by the end of the week, I want to change the labels for my company, revamp my website and start a podcast. And five days later, my accountability partner comes back and said, Mark, well, what did you do? Well, uh, we worked on the labels and we did the website, but the podcast isn't ready yet. Why is the podcast not ready? What did you do to get the podcast ready? What did you not do to get the podcast ready? And sure enough, I, I heard it a little bit from my own accountability partner who I asked to be my partner. And then a week later, my podcast was launched. So yes, you need accountability. And I highly recommend it in a group setting. And then even take that group into a subgroup and get some accountability partners and it'll be a game changer. Yeah. And I, I, I'm in my own mastermind. We have calls every single week and talk about accountability because otherwise a lot of people, when you fall off the wagon, they don't get back on. And having that accountability, whether it's a coach, a mentor, mastermind, your partner, whatever, that's, that person's job is to, to keep you going. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's so crucial. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you have one business or you have five or 10 or I mean, I have an interesting group of people from people that are unemployed up to that are eight figures in our group. And what's universal to all of it is they all need the accountability partner, even from the one who has no money to the one who's on his ninth business, even the guy with the ninth business. Sometimes he just says, hey, you know, I don't know this angle. I don't know this industry. Maybe I'm looking at it through a different lens. You know, maybe I need a female lens. Maybe I need a younger lens. Maybe I need an older lens, you know, and having those different lenses is paramount. Paramount. Pardon the interruption. Do you ever feel lost or find yourself stuck in a rut? You want change. Maybe it's more money, better relationships, your health, etc. But you don't know where to start. I get it. I've been there. If you're ready to take the leap and actually make change and progress in your life, I offer a free discovery call to see if my one-on-one coaching program is right for you. Visit heatherhakes.com forward slash coaching for more information and to schedule your call. Now, back to regular programming. What advice would you give? Because we all have limiting beliefs and we all have some sort of form of self-sabotage. So one, you know, what do you give advice to somebody who, whether they're aware of it or not, how to overcome the procrastination excuses and what's holding them back in life? Absolutely. So procrastination, uh, and I spoke about it on a video a couple of weeks ago, was one of the worst things you could do. I've been there. I've done it. You know, the time is now for everything. You know, I'm not going to sound cliche, and but tomorrow's not guaranteed. And, you know, I live, it's funny, people live basically that I know you either live in the past, the present or the future. And I like to live in the present. Some people disagree. They like to live in the future. Uh, I think that's great. It's great to have goals, but you need to 
work on the present to get to that future. Living in the past, well, that's just not going to serve you or anyone. Um, but going back, I think people's biggest problem that I see on almost a daily basis is they are focused on the how and not the why. You know, I learned way back when, when I was in finance for over a decade and I quintupled my book of business and it was into nine figures. And at the end of the day, it just wasn't fulfilling. So I moved on to personal training. And when I was in personal training, I realized that my why was to help people. You know, our country is almost 70% overweight and I felt better helping a mom post a few children, a dad who just was lazy and never got off the couch, uh, a child who had pulmonary issues and now we can help his breathing. So I wasn't focused. I mean, look, back then, going back to day one, when I became a trainer, I was a fat banker learning the process. And, you know, who wants to go out and hire a fat personal trainer who just started the business? So I had to work on myself. And I took the 60 pounds off and I took the four clothing sizes off. And I got one license and two licenses. And next thing you know, oh, this guy did it to himself. And I was on stage, per se, at the gym. And then someone told their friend. And then I trained her girlfriend. And then I trained the son. And then I trained the father. And next thing you know, I didn't have a strategy. I didn't have a business plan. We didn't even have Instagram and TikTok. And I mean, we had Facebook, but we didn't really use it for business. So all I was focused on is the why. How am I going to help people? How am I going to change people's lives? How am I going to make people feel better? And the how just happened. And next thing you know, I'm doing it 10 or 11 years and took 10,000 pounds off people. So the biggest thing I could say is really search in here and when you find what's in here that you love and that can add value and help people, just go ahead, hit the gas, jump in the pool, go in the deep end, whatever cliche you want to use, go all in. And trust me, all the other minutia will work itself out. Okay, so I have plenty of questions for you. And this topic, I think, one, is so relatable and everybody can understand They and, and the metaphors. But... To have a personal trainer, they can tell you the what, what you need to do. But for your clients, was it limiting beliefs they needed to let go of? Was it their negative narrative? What was the real issue on why they were overweight and unhealthy? Hmm. So out of a decade, a few states and all that, I think the number one reason is self-doubt. I mean, let's call it what it is. You know, I, I love when people during COVID, they've been asking me, you know, I haven't been training and, all right, Mark, what do I do? What's the secret? How do I do it? And after a decade of this, I could say, I'm going to save you about $10,000 a year right now. Get a food scale, measure your food, eat decent, drink water, go to the gym five days a week, get recovery. It'll work. And what I found is I've trained hundreds and hundreds of people that knew this. They were ex-athletes. They were ex-jiu-jitsu, uh, martial arts, triathletes, ball, baseball, football. They knew how to do it, but they needed someone to reinforce it. They needed the accountability partner. If you want to go back to, I think it was a stretch of, I don't remember exactly, but five or six years in a row, 
um, Idea Fitness, which is this large organization. They did surveys on what was the top five reasons someone hired a personal trainer. And for five years in a row at one point, it was for accountability. They knew what to do. Yes. Like, look at, you go to the gym now. I mean, I hate to say it, but there's a little diagram in 3D and videos and it shows you what to do, you know, so get there. The bigger problem was for the client to get there. You know, when I have people that tell me, Mark, I spent a thousand, twelve hundred dollars a month. So that's why I'm here. If that's why you're here, because you put the money out, you're missing the whole point. You should be here because you want to be better for yourself. You want to be better for your significant other. You want to be better for your kids. Like I knew I wanted to be that dad who plays pickup games in the park when I picked up the boys from school, you know, and I was. I still can remember walking into a schoolyard in Staten Island, New York, before we moved to Florida, and I would say, hey, there's a ball over there. Why don't you go grab a few kids? Next thing you know, it's like seven-on-seven ball in the middle of the field, and I'm the only dad there. I'm like, where are the other dads? Where are they? They can't. They're not in shape. They can't make it. So, yeah, you need the accountability. You need the mindset. And I think the number one reason that people – didn't get it done was their own limiting beliefs and they were their worst enemy and they just stopped themselves. So a hundred percent. And I can give you countless stories behind that, that especially with entrepreneurship, you, you know, the basic strategy and structure, you need automation, you need systems in place. And, and somebody wanted to business and, and partner with me on it. Uh, you know, a coaching side of business and mindset. And I was like, that's cool. We can give you all the sequencing and the strategy and the systems and the how-to, but if you don't have the mindset and the beliefs behind it, the confidence, the knowing, the certainty, the faith that it, you can have the vision you have, then the systems and strategy don't matter. So just like with the gym thing, they knew what to do. They, they knew the food, the nutrition, and the, the movement, but maybe they didn't have belief of self-worth or whatever it was. So on that note especially going back to the focusing on the why, you know, why do you want to lose weight? Why do you want more money? Why do you want to be in a relationship? For example, I had a conversation with a friend of mine yesterday who he's, he's in his own, I think he has finally hit his rock bottom. And my, my note to his was, this is a good thing because you can only go up from here. Like, right. so don't wallow in the self-pity. Like you, you hit rock bottom. And ultimately, he wants to be happy and in a relationship. And so my message was, he knows the what, happy and in a relationship. But why does he want that? And so letting go of the how, how am I going to meet that significant other? Number one, you need to be the best version of you to attract that mate. Bingo. And I could go on this tangent forever because I love talking mm-hmm. dating and relationships. And, you know, the process I went through to finally attract that guy that I had been seeking, but you got to point the figure inward. Mm-hmm. It's not the external conditions. No, absolutely. And I could say as someone who I've been together completely with my wife for 24 years now, uh, married 16 together, 24. And I've had phases where, listen, it's work. And don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And you need to work on yourself and you need to, Actually, and there is no and you need to, because let me tell you this, what happens is 
a lot of people in relationships tend to say, she does this, she says that, she's wrong, she's the one. Yeah. Guess what? What about you? Yeah. You know, I've had things like that even after dozens and dozens of years. And I still remember going back to one event where I was actually blessed to have a nice conversation with Sage Robbins. And I was kind of talking a little bit about my wife and, you know, she's like, honey, what about you? And we went into a whole thing about me and just let it all resonate. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, wow. You know, so even people like myself who do the priming and do the rituals and have the mindset and the gratitude and all of it, um, you need a reminder sometimes. And I like to add to anyone watching this again, it's work. And if you find yourself in a rocky point, don't look to place blame on others. Don't look to change your other half. You know, they say your better half, your other person. Work on yourself. Yeah. Bring yourself to the A game, as I like to call it. Your other half will sense it, will feel it, will know it. And that will, by default, bring you closer and raise your game together as a team. But Mark, it's so easy to point the finger that it's their fault. And if, if they would just stop doing that thing that annoys me, then it would be okay. Right. But guess what? Maybe if you worried about figuring out what you were doing that annoys them and you stop doing that thing, yeah. that would be easier. Like I know sometimes it's stupid. Like we laugh in my house, you know, check the washer and dryer always. Like we have two boys and we're in Florida and lots of towels in the pool and swimming and showering and just something so simple as, you know, now, you know, once in a while, like, what is the one thing uh, when we talk about the events we say, hey, honey, do you have to pee? And the guy says, no, and keeps driving. You know, that was your wife's nice way of saying maybe you should pull over. So when I hear my wife say like, hey, is uh, the towels in the dryer? Are the towels in the dryer? And then I started saying no. And then, okay, well, maybe guess what? The next day I started checking and I kept checking. And now I don't have to be asked. And guess what? It's something so simple, guys. And again, I don't mean to say this to guys. It could be to girls and reverse it. But how hard is it to move towels from the washer to the dryer and turn the knob? If that's going to make my wife a little happier and that's going to make for a better day. And what people I think don't realize is the chain effect with all of these things. Because if all of a sudden, just from that little action that took 30 seconds, now she's having a better day, which means I'm having a better day. My kids are having a better day. And then her coworkers, she'll be nicer and in a happier mood, so they'll have a better day. So you could affect six people with a 30-second action. But on and that note, do you think it's because it's a partnership and it's looking out for the other? Oh, of course. Listen, I also, you know, we'll flip it around. You know, there's certain things that I get perturbed by and after you're together you start to learn what perturbs you and she knows that if I'm gonna you know I'm trying to think of something random like putting the soap pumps and this is so silly but like I have those extra soap pumps that are in the counter and she puts them sometimes in the sink with all the dishes and then every time if I come back from the gym I'm like where's the soap pump where's the soap pump it's right there. But guess what? Now she knows, put it four inches over outside of it. So it's not on top of X, Y, Z. And something so stupid like that, 
has made it where I come back from the gym. And now, especially, you know, in COVID times, everyone's like, wash your hands, sterilize everything. Uh, so as soon as I run home, I'm like, where's the soap pump? Now, soap pump is always there. So that makes me happy. And what did that take? Five seconds, not even a second. And I think if people are conscious and aware of that, they'll be much happier. You know what else I'm, I'm realizing and experiencing? It's all about your delivery. Because if I come across in a nagging manner, I'm going to get yeah. a different response of, hey, do you mind doing blah, blah, instead of how come you never do? So right. men and women, please just pay attention to your delivery. Yes. Delivery is huge. Tonality. You know, I hate to profile, but not even profiling, but, you know, sometimes you come back from the gym and you have the pre-workout and you have your coffee and you're all hyped up and on fire. Probably not the best time to deliver messages to your wife, you know, unless it's I love you and you look great today or those shoes are awesome or your hair looks good. You don't want to get into arguments or negative things when you're in a hyped up state like that. Uh, uh, so that's really important, too. I think people don't realize, know what state you're in mentally before you open your mouth because it can get you in trouble. Something you, you briefly touched on that I want to dive into is this whole aspect of gratitude. What does that mean for you and why live with gratitude? Yes. So I'm going to say that to be perfectly frank, I think I've lived in more gratitude in the past few years than I have in over four decades. And I want to, again, thank Tony Robbins for that and Sage Robbins for that because, you know, I look back now when I was in finance, I'll even take it before that, even growing up, you know, I wanted this and I wanted it now. And if I didn't get it, I was mad. And why me? And why can't I have it? And why does my friend have this car? And I have that car. Why does this family go on that vacation? And I go on my vacation and da, 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 da. And I did it all the way through and I did it in finance. And I, well, you know, then it was just bigger things than bigger toys. Okay. Well, I got myself a Breitling. Well, why did my friend get the presidential Rolex? You know, I bought myself a Lexus and well, why did my friend have a uh, Ferrari? And, you know, it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And finally, you know, I look back now and I love the quote, when you trade your expectations for appreciation, that's when it all clicks and the all clicks parts after. But, you know, to me, it was a game changer. You know, now over the past couple of years, I'm grateful that I'm alive. You know, I live in a beautiful home. I live on a lake. I have a couple kids, a dog, two cars, the wife with a great job where I serve people. I help thousands of people all over the country. You know, what's not to be grateful about? And I think people who are constantly comparing to others, chasing others, um, you know, uh, listen, I'm not going to sit there and say it's, it's evil, you know, to look for material things or you want things. But, you know, on that note, I've learned over the past few years, I've had better experiences and more gratitude from vacations, events, milestones, things that happen more than I got the new watch. I got the new outfit. I got the new sneakers. I got a new computer. I got to have another phone. I need my seventh version of whatever phone is it. Why? Like, why do you have to have that? 
I am happy that I have my eyes, my legs, my body, my health, my breath. You know, I take it really seriously. As someone who lost my younger brother five years ago, you know, you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And you need to live for now. And I wasn't always living for the now. I was always chasing and chasing and chasing. And I think when you're constantly chasing, you don't even have time to feel the gratitude. So in summary of all of that, you know, whether you make no money or you make hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, we all know those people who make a ton of money and they're freaking miserable every day. Like always, God damn this. I know a guy, I'm not going to leave him off. 25,000 square foot house, five, six cars. Like really, what, what, what are you so upset about? You have your health, you can walk, you have a wife, you have kids. Like what is so terrible that you couldn't get this other version of the release car that someone outbid you on a boat? Like really, these are your problems. There are people that can't even have food. They have nowhere to sleep. They have nowhere to live. They're dying. So in summary, because I could talk about gratitude forever, embrace it. Really, people, you know, I'm not trying to sound all, uh, what do they say, woo-woo about it, but it's reality. When you trade your expectations for appreciation, your life will never be the same. Something you just shared, and it took me back to a few years ago, always chasing. I was, I caught myself literally, and this is how bad it got, always chasing the, the next instant gratification. Yep. I would be on vacation planning and thinking about my next vacation. Right. Gross. And I mean, I've done, I remember Oprah literally in elementary school. So I was probably like eight when I started this, I've done a gratitude journal and gratitude practice every night before bed. I think seriously, since I was eight. So just, you know, a couple of years, but, um, I do, I think of five things from that day for which I'm grateful for it. And it's, it can be things like, Oh, I'm so glad the sun was shining today oh. or, it was so great to hear from that friend, um, a cup of coffee, whatever it is, I find five things and, and gratitude turns things around. So again, somebody I was talking to yesterday, tell me about how bad it is right now, just how bad he's doing. And after he got off, he was done rambling about how bad it is. That is exactly what I asked him. I said, tell me something you're grateful for. Just one mm -hmm. thing. Just tell me something good in your life. And the second he named one, he named like five right after it. And I was like, see how easy mm -hmm. that was? When you change your focus to what's going good, you can actually find a lot of good. Mm -hmm. Where focus goes, energy flows. Ah, yes. So, you know, you want to focus on the negative. I tell the story all the time to sum up my whole COVID experience. You know, I just come off of six weekends in a row of some serious traveling all over the country for business and Tony Robbins events and plat parties and business. And then all of a sudden I still remember the week before my kids were like that every weekend you're in LA and Vegas and Texas. And then how about you stay home a little bit? Well, guess what? Three days later when I got home, boom, daddy's home. So, you know, in the beginning it was like, it was welcome almost. I was like, this is great. We can go to the pool. We can go away. We can go to, out to dinner. And we spent a lot of time and then everything shut down. And, you know, the question right there was, 
do you roll up in a ball and cry and what was me and watch Netflix all day and night and say like my other friends, well, you know, COVID is doing bad for everyone. So it's okay if we all do bad. No, it's not okay. Because guess what? COVID's still going. So it's not March anymore. It's July. And I have some friends that are still like, yeah, you know, once this all wraps up, everything's going to get better. What if it doesn't wrap up for another few, you know, you want to spend three quarters of 2020 in misery or are you going to pivot? And we've spoke about that many times and without going on a tangent, you just have to adapt and pivot. And, you know, if you really dig into your gratitude, really remind yourself of your why, and then you'll go in there and navigate and you'll figure out the how and then all of a sudden, you won't be so miserable and you will be more successful and you'll be happier and you'll be able to serve and you'll be able to do charity and you'll be able to buy nice things all from the, the it's just the beginning of the mindset. And yeah, mindset, that's a whole other conversation. You know, I, I prime daily. I meditate probably four or five nights a week, even for just 20 minutes. If you don't get your mind right to me, I don't even get out of my bed until I prime. I don't care what's going on. And everyone's like, oh my God, you listen to the same thing every single day, two years straight. So what? What do you mean? When I'm sitting there thinking of what are the three things I'm most grateful for, and I do that every single morning, when I walk out of my room, I like to say, I don't want to coin this, I make a happiness buffer. I walk out into my house at like a level 14 on a 10 being the happiest. So if like all of a sudden my kids are arguing, I'm like, okay, 13, 12. And then, you know, if dog's barking, or wife's a little snippy, 11, 10. So guess what? By the time I get to my car and go to wherever it is I'm doing, I'm still at a 10 yeah. when most people are at like a five. So get your day started right. Get your mind right. Get your gratitude right. And uh, I think you'll have a much better day and a much better life. Yeah. I think you nailed it. So then question for you, what is one key takeaway you want listeners to get from this conversation? Wow. Uh, I think out of all of it, the most important is focus on, well, it's almost a twofold. I want to cheat a little. It's a, you have to find your purpose, which kind of is like your why. Um, But sometimes it gets a little different because that is the first thing. You could read every book and go to every seminar and learn every, you know, note and whiteboard and vision board and all of it. But if you don't know what you're going for, you're lost. So that's the half a part of it you have to have. But once you do have whatever that purpose, like my purpose is, and you've probably seen some of the t-shirts I wear, uh, they say my purpose is to help heal the world one person at a time. That is my purpose. I wake up every day and I say, how am I going to help heal the world? And I'm going to start with one text, one email, one call, one sale, anything. Now, with that said, the moral of all of that, to shorten it, is you must focus on that purpose or that why and not the how. There are so many people that are listening to this, watching this, that are like, you know what? Oh my God, I've been thinking about starting this business for like four years now and I never did. Why? I don't have the money. I don't have the experience. I don't have the resources. I don't have the support. 
you have all of it. You just have to figure out how to leverage it, how to pull it out of you. Go to people that can help you. We're in a community again of people that do every job, walk of life, race, color, creed. You could connect within our own group of people that were in our circle and they can help you with the how. So find your why slash focus on your why and everything will happen. That's my biggest takeaway for all this. My only quick note on that is yes, most people get hung up in the how, so they don't even begin. And for me, I've realized when I'm clear on the what and the why, I don't pitch my pigeon self my I don't pigeonhole myself into one way the how it's going to happen because that's when I believe you limit yourself. But when you know the what and the why and you're open to allow Mm -hmm. the how to show you the way, Mm -hmm. that's when things for me have happened extremely quickly, better than I expected. And all I had to do was know the what and the why. Yep. And you did it. And kudos to you for 251. Yes. Just had to throw it out there. I'm I'm super wowed by you. You are a prime example of your why. You want to add value. You've added value 251 times now. And may you have zeros added onto that. And I applaud you for that. And again, everyone listening, you didn't like wake up five years ago and say, I'm going to do hundreds of podcasts. I'm going to help add value to everyone. It came to you. And now look what you're doing. You're right. So again, you don't have to go much further than this call to the two of us. And if anyone wants to talk further on that, because I could do this for days, find me. You know where I'm at. And I would love to help. Well, and I'll include all of Mark's uh, contact info at the bottom of the blog. So on that note, Mark, a couple of questions to wrap up the interview. Yep. Absolutely. The first one being, what is a quote or motto that you live by? Ooh. All right. So I did a lot of quotes already, but so now I better think of a new one. Uh, if you can't, you must. That's one of my favorites. I'm a very stubborn, you know, if I can't get it right away, I'm not going to roll over. I'm going to keep doing that until I, I, I've exhausted every possibility, every angle, every option. Um, don't give up. Um, just don't quit. So yeah, if you can't, you must. I think that's one of my favorite quotes. Love it. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? So I just finished, um, what was it? Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill again, because I read it many moons ago. And, you know, I think uh, certain people we know read it 12 times and everyone I know reads it a lot. So I just finished that and passed it along. And now I just started, uh, I think it's called Outwitting the Devil. Mm which is actually Napoleon Hill. I'm literally like 15, 20 pages in, never read it. And everyone says, I still can't believe that that book was hidden for like 70 years or so. And then finally they just released it because the original family, I believe felt it was a little taboo with the devil and whatnot. Um, But guess what? Uh, It's really relevant and it blows my mind how, 75 plus years later it's so relevant so yeah i uh, i can't wait to report back but i'm loving that so far already agreed that's a and for those again the title is outwitting the devil napoleon hill but it, it really just talks about drifting and mindset and your focus on and how abraham hicks says it if you're into abe i love abe 
what influence are you under? So mm-hmm. is it the influence of abundance and the yes and the confidence, or are you in the scarcity, limiting beliefs, doubt? You know, it's like, wh- which one? Choose one. What are you, what influence are you under? I'll take A, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> okay. Final question for you. What yes. advice would you give your younger self? I would, I would advise my younger self not to stress out about where I'm going to end up because, you know, when you're in your twenties and again, I was in finance and wall street, go, go money, more, more. And everyone around me thought like that was it. And I look back now and I'm like, that was so not it. And then in my thirties, I was like, okay, well maybe I'll redefine it and do it a different way. You know, now in my forties, uh, I say to myself, I'm a little wiser and been around the block a little more and changed uh, careers and became an entrepreneur and opened multiple businesses. But I would go back and tell myself, you know, it'll all be okay. Don't stress. You know, I'd probably tell myself, don't worry so much about the how and focus on the why. That probably would have saved me, you know, maybe one career, not sure, uh, in finance. I definitely would have done fitness still because it was about helping and healing and, you know, the CBD kind of morphs into that. And that's why I love how it's a great compliment. Um, but yeah, I would tell myself, don't get stressed out. Don't worry about minutiae. Don't worry about where am I going to be in 20, 30 years? It'll all work itself out and have faith. Such a high note to end on. Mark, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Be sure to sign up for my free video training on how to get unstuck and create lasting change at heatherhakes.com. And I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can find me on Instagram at heather.hakes, Facebook, Heather Hakes, and YouTube. Guess what? You got it. Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.